0: Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson.
1: We must sometimes die to our own ambition. We might have plans. We might have goals. We might have things that we're going to do. We're going to accomplish these things. This is what I'm going to do in life. But you know, we should always remember this. We just have one life, and it will go by. It will soon be passed, as someone has said. And truly, only what's done for Christ will last. Life goes by fast, faster than you think.
0: Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of John. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on John chapter 12, verses 20 through 36 in a message titled, We Would See Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Brian.
1: There are also times when it simply means to love less, and that's the way Jesus is using it here. Because, of course, Jesus doesn't want us to hate anybody. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus even said, love your enemies. So Jesus isn't confused. He's not telling us, on the one hand, to love our neighbor and love our enemies and then hate your parents and hate your children and hate your spouse No, he's not doing that. What he's saying, though, is that we are to love less. Not a morbid self-loathing or an intentional harming of oneself, but rather loving your life less than you love Christ. Loving your will less than his will. See, that's what it means to to hate your life. It's like in comparison, I love Jesus more than I love me. I love the will of God, the call of God, the purposes of God, the plan of God more than I love my own plan, purpose and will. That's what he means to hate your life. Now, Bearing fruit. Remember, Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears fruit. The fruit includes this showing Christ to a lost and dying world, glorifying the Father. This is what Jesus is saying. This is what my servants will do. They'll follow me, and this is what will happen. They will bear fruit. They will show me to a lost and dying world. They will glorify the Father. But this is what we all must realize, that none of this has ever been done, nor will it ever be done, by self-centered, self-indulgent, pleasure-seeking, comfort-loving, church goers. It'll never happen. Now, what are we doing? We're a Jesus formed church on mission. What's our mission? Our mission is to show Jesus to the world. The world that wants to see Jesus, even though it might not seem like they want to see Jesus. But they do. In many cases, people are just waiting to see a real, genuine, picture of what Jesus is like. And we are the ones who get to show them that. But you see, I will never show anybody Jesus if I'm living for myself. It doesn't happen. If it's about me, then it won't be about Jesus And so this thing of showing Jesus to a lost world, bearing fruit, glorifying the Father, it's only ever been done by those who sacrifice their time, their energy, their gifts, their resources, their lives, as Jesus did. Like a grain of wheat that falls into the ground and dies and brings forth fruit, that's what we must do. Now listen, I probably don't have to tell you this, but... Maybe I do. I don't think there's ever been a more self-centered generation than the one we find ourselves living in right now. And it's not just one demographic. It's not just millennials. It's not the Gen Zers. You know, these are all the sociological labels that people get tagged with. Uh, Some of you are Gen Xers. And some of you are baby boomers, and you know, these are these are all generational categories. But it's this self-centeredness permeates all of these different generational categories. We live in a time of heightened self-centeredness. And that is not just part of the culture at large. But we see it all around us, right? Because it all comes down in many ways now to just whatever you want, whatever makes you feel best, whatever your identity is going to be that's going to make you feel the best about yourself that you possibly can, then you've got to lay claim to that. You've got to live that out. And it doesn't matter what anybody around you says or thinks or does. And as a matter of fact, if they disagree with you at all, then you just cancel them. Because you are at the center of the universe. That's the mentality today. But it's not just outside the church. It's a mentality that has permeated the church culture today as well. And so, look, the mission is still the same. The mission is still people... Want to see Jesus. And we're still the ones who are supposed to be the ones to show him to them. But we can't do it if we're living for ourselves. And like I said, there's never been a time when that has really happened when people were living for themselves. But it's always come through sacrifice. It's always come through people Hating their lives in the sense that, no, I want the will of God even more than I want my own will. I want to do what God created me to do more than I want to do what I feel like I'd like to do. You can't find any better examples of this oftentimes Outside of missionary biographies. This is one of the reasons why I love missionary biographies. Some of you, I've said this before, uh, some of you are aware of this. Cheryl does a weekly podcast called Women Worth Knowing. I listen to it faithfully every week because the women worth knowing are all, they're women worth knowing. They're basically, oftentimes, most of the time, they're, they're women who were serving the Lord, they were on a mission to reach people, to help people, to bring Jesus to people. And in doing so, they had to deny themselves. And you often see this with missionaries. In 1956, the year I was born, there were five young men who had a burden and this burden proceeded 1956 they they had a vision and a passion to make Jesus known to this this tribe in Ecuador called the Warwanis. and the Warani were one of these unreached people groups they had become aware they studied and prepared themselves the Warwanis were also called the Alkas, but they were, the Alkas was not their, their true name. The Warwani were their true name, but Alka was attached to them because of their fierceness. They were fierce. They were murderers. They were headhunters. And these five young men, and in some cases, their wives, they felt a call to take the gospel to these people they felt the call to make Jesus known to them so they moved to Ecuador with that intent one of them Jim Elliot he had written as a young man he was a student at Wheaton College where he met his wife Elizabeth he had written in his journal these words he had written he is no fool who gives up when he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. So this, this is in the heart and in the mind of, of Jim Elliott, uh, Nate Saint, Ed McCauley, Pete Fleming, Roger Yuderian, These were the five men who went on the mission to reach the Warani people. In the process of doing this, they all lost their lives. They all lost their lives. They had made contact with the Warani. They thought that it was was positive, it was good. They thought maybe they were making some headway. So they arranged to try to have a a face-to-face meeting with them. And everything went wrong. But the interesting thing about the story is that they had the ability to protect themselves had they chosen to. They had guns at least one gun, a rifle that they had brought with them, of course, just for the reason of, of protection. But there came a point where, when they sensed that things were going wrong in their attempt to connect with the Warani, there was a point where they could have defended themselves, but they chose not to, because they felt that if they were to defend themselves, they would lessen the the possibility of reaching these people for Christ. And so in the process, they were all murdered. All five of them died. But here's the amazing thing. Remember what Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. They died today. The Warani people are Christians, the entire tribe, all Christians. They all became believers as a result of this, over a process of time. Now, 10 or 15 years ago, we had a missions day here, as we do annually, and we invited the son of one of these men who was murdered. The man was Nate Saint. It was his son that we invited. He came to share with us and told the story. But also, on that day, on this platform, stood the man who had speared his father to death, testifying how he had come to Jesus and received forgiveness and how the whole tribe had since become followers of Jesus. I mean, that is, you know, in some ways in our minds, right, that, that just seems unthinkable. Like, what? They knowingly went in and risked their lives and ended up giving them their lives so that others could see Jesus? Yes, that's exactly what they did. I think of a young woman named Lilius Trotter. Lilius Trotter was a young woman who lived in London back in the late 1800s, and she was an extraordinary artist. She had an incredibly promising career as an artist, the famous art critic and social philosopher, John Ruskin, he said to Lilius, he said this, he said that if she devoted herself to her art, he was certain that she would be the greatest living painter and that her work would become immortal. So that's her future. She has the talent. She has the opportunity. She has the backing. But Lilius Trotter felt called by God to go to North Africa and to take the gospel to the Muslim people. And so she left London as a young woman. And she spent the rest of her life bringing the gospel to Muslims in Algeria. And that's where she died. A grain of wheat. She was that grain of wheat that fell to the ground and died and produced much fruit. We don't necessarily have to move to a foreign country, die a martyr's death, give up a promising career to follow Jesus in his mission, but we might but we might. See, that's what it means not to love your life. It's kind of like this. Let's just say I've got this gift, this talent. I've got this amazing opportunity before me, like Lilius maybe, but not necessarily that, but there's something there. I'm passionate about it. I'm pursuing it. I'm moving in that direction. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And, and so here's what I do. It's like, Lord, I'm going for this. I feel gifted. I feel like you've enabled me. My heart's in this. I love this. This would be amazing. It would glorify you. But, Lord, if you actually have something else, then I surrender this to you for that. See, that, that's what we're talking about here. And it doesn't have to be some extraordinary Opportunity—it basically comes down to just anything, your your own ambition, whatever whatever it might be that could possibly stand in the way. You see, in some way or another, we, like the single grain of wheat, must fall to the ground and die in order for fruit to come forth. In order for people to see Jesus, we have to die. Paul the Apostle said about himself, he said, I die every day. And he said about the Apostles, he said, death works in us so life can work in you. Now, when you read Paul's biographical statements in different places in his letters, uh, 2 Corinthians 11 is a great biographical statement by Paul. He talks about his experiences. He talks about how he was stoned They tried to kill him by stoning. He was beaten several times. He was shipwrecked. He was always meeting one disastrous situation after another. When he says we die every day, that's what he's talking about. But he said, death is working in us, so life can work in you. You see, Paul knew that if these people, these lost pagan people were ever going to see Jesus... He was going to have to die to his comfort. He was going to have to die to a life of ease in order to make that happen. And he chose to do it. And so we will have to die to something. We might have to die to our pride. The pride that would say, I I want to be seen as something. I want others to think this of me. I'm afraid what people would think if I just came right out and said, I'm going to follow Jesus. Or if I came right out and said, you know, I'm going to leave my profession because I think God's calling me to some mission work. A lot of people don't do that because they fear what other people think. As we finish up the 12th chapter next week, we're going to see a group of people that says that they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but they wouldn't confess him because they were afraid. They love the praise of other humans more than the praise of God. That's a real thing. It's a real thing that can keep us back. We must sometimes die to our own ambition. We might have plans. We might have goals. We might have things that we're going to do. We're going to accomplish these things. This is what I'm going to do in life. But, you know, we should always remember this. We just have one life, and it will go by. It will soon be past, as someone has said. And truly, only what's done for Christ will last. Life goes by fast, faster than you think. And everybody my age knows that, right? Cheryl, you know how on your phones, like, just these random pictures turn up from some date, like, I don't know what the rhyme or reason is behind it, but they're just suddenly a picture of you. Well, there's this picture that came up today on Cheryl's phone. It came up on mine a, like a month ago. And she looks at it, she goes, gosh, you look so young in that picture. You were so thin. What happened to you? And I said, I think that was only like 10 years ago. I don't know what happened. There's only one life. It'll soon be passed. That's what happened. It's going by. But, you know, these are the things. It, we have these ambitions. We have these things. And which in and of themselves are not wrong unless they're in conflict with what God is actually calling us to do. It might be through those things that God will be glorified. If that's the case, Wonderful. Hallelujah. That's that's great. That's fine. But if they're in conflict, that's when we have to make the sacrifice. That's when we have to surrender our ambition, our comfort. Our comfort is a big thing, isn't it? Man, just love the comfort. Now, when I talked about Jim Elliott and, and this group, Nate Saint, and these guys, uh, you, you can be sure the last thing on their minds was comfort. That wasn't even a thing, a thing they thought about. They moved to the jungles of Ecuador. There was nothing comfortable about it. Lillias Trotter leaving London, leaving that place in high society, going to Algeria at the time, poverty stricken, Islamic nation, nothing comfortable about it. But she left the comfort and the ease but we're a society that we have conditioned ourselves for comfort and so we want to be as comfortable as we possibly can and even today i was speaking yesterday at a at a preaching seminar where we're in you know, helping people learn to preach and with the idea that we're going to go out and start a church in a place where there's a need. And this didn't happen yesterday, but I'm just thinking back over time how there's there's certain times where people are like, yeah, I want to go and I I want to plant a church and feel like a real burden. And man, I feel like God's calling me to Malibu. You know, it's just, uh, it's a lot of need down in Malibu. And some cool beaches, too, and, you know, some nice restaurants and things like that. It's like, you know, God's call and my comfort are going to come together, and it's going to be an amazing thing. Some people do get called to Malibu. <laughs> I'm not saying they don't. But, but this, is the, this is the thing. We have to recognize, no, dying, sacrificing means that we put that stuff aside. Okay, Lord, if, if this is, you're calling me to this, Okay. When I used to live in London, and London's a great city. I love London. But Londoners would ask me, like, why did you move here? You live in Southern California. You guys have something there that we do not have here. It's called sun. <laughs> and I would always just simply say, well, I obviously did not move here for the weather. That's not, that's not what brought me. And that was not uncomfortable. But, but it, it, our comfort. And ultimately, we have to die to self. We have to die to self. In closing, the mission of the church is to sacrifice ourselves so others can see. A Jesus-formed community on mission. Now, think about that Jesus-formed part for a second. You know, there's a term that you find it in mostly theological literature, but... The term is cruciform, and what cruciform refers to is being formed in the way of the cross. Jesus, when we talk about a Jesus-formed community, that we are talking about cruciform, because that's Jesus. We're talking about becoming more like Jesus who gave up himself his rights, his life, he sacrificed to fulfill the mission of God. We're a Jesus formed church on mission. We will fulfill the mission by allowing the formation to take place in our lives. And I'll close with this final word. Remember, Jesus said, if anyone serve me, let them follow me. Where I am, there my servant will be also.
0: For the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled, Can Science Explain Everything? by Dr. John Lennox. Our current culture sometimes gives the impression that science has disproved the existence of God. But Dr. John Lennox argues that this is hardly the case. In a clear and simple writing style, Dr. John Lennox presents evidence that science not only fails in disproving the existence of God, but also shows how science and God are compatible. He also tackles the myth that religion depends on faith, but science does not, and that science depends on reason, but Christianity does not. Dr. Lennox also offers a way to scientifically disprove Christianity, but is unable to do so because of the overwhelming evidence. If you want to understand the relationship between science and God, or if you know a person who thinks science and God are mutually exclusive, then you need to get this month's resource from Back to Basics. The book, Can Science Explain Everything, by Dr. John Lennox, is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you